Welcome to episode number four of the Exposure Ninja podcast, all about lead generation. Now, lead generation stems from old direct response uh, marketing principles, but it's something that a lot of small and medium-sized businesses or service businesses or even e-commerce businesses, it's just really not on their radar at all, which is a real shame because actually it can completely transform the results that you get from your website. So on this episode, I'm joined with Lawrence Newton, who does a lot of our Facebook advertising at Exposure Ninja, and he's passionate about lead generation because a lot of Facebook ads are tracked um, and optimized for conversions and will often use lead generation bait uh, in those conversions. If that all sounds a bit complicated, don't worry. We, we go through all of this in the episode and we'll show you some um, really clear principles and some nice case studies and examples of how you can start using lead generation in your business. If you have any questions about anything that's covered in any of these episodes, then you can email us. You can email me personally, tim at exposureninja.com. I can't guarantee to read everything, but somebody will. And if it's a good question, we can get it added to a future Q&A episode. Also, don't forget to leave us a nice review and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find these episodes. Um, It really helps our ranking and means that we can put together more episodes for you. Hi, it's Lawrence from Exposure Ninja here. Today we're going to be talking about the art of lead generation. So this is something which I tend to focus on quite a lot as I'm running the Facebook advertising department. So the first thing that we want to talk about today, uh, we're going to be talking about if you're a business owner and you've made your website perhaps, but and what you've done on there is you've created a brochure for each of your services. Your website might tell people what you do. It might give them some examples or something like that. And then somewhere on there, you'll have a contact us form. So so that's sort of the, the basic situation that most people are in. What we should be doing instead is something called lead generation. So could you explain, Tim, what lead generation is and how it could help somebody in that situation? So lead generation's a kind of fundamental marketing principle, really, that comes back from uh, the old days of direct response advertising. So the, the basic principle behind lead generation is, as you said, most websites have a brochure for, for a particular service. So say, for example, um, Exposure Ninja, right? We sell websites, we sell SEO and stuff like that. So one approach that we could take on our website would be to have a page which says, hey, we build websites. If you want a website, contact us. Right. And that's the typical approach that most businesses online would take if they're selling a service. And most, in fact, most digital agencies take that approach. So the people that they will attract by taking that approach are the people that need a website right now. And they know that Exposure Ninja or whoever is the right solution for them. The percentage of these the percentage of traffic that comes to a website knowing that you are the right solution and that they need this thing right now is so small that by taking that approach you're leaving well in our case 29 out of every 30 people you're not giving them any option right so if you're not ready to buy now we've got nothing for you lead generation is a completely different approach which says the purpose of our website is not to sell anything directly the purpose of our website is just to collect an audience of leads who might at some point be interested in the things that we're offering. Taking the website example, we offer a free website and marketing review. The purpose of this review is that any business owner can stick in their website and we can do a free review. We can show them some ways to improve what they're doing. If part of that conversation turns into a conversation about selling them a website, then great. 
by doing that, as I say, we get the 29 out of the 30 people that we wouldn't be serving if we just said, hey, contact us if you need a website. So lead generation is about completely shifting the approach of your website and in fact, all of your marketing to say, rather than trying to sell anything directly, all we're trying to do is get people to raise their hand and say, yes, I'm a potential customer for you at some point in the future. Mm, so so obviously, you know, one benefit of doing that is that there's a, a much kind of lower barrier to entry, isn't there? So somebody giving you their contact details is very different to actually saying that they're ready to make a purchase, isn't it? So it's about sort of giving them the easiest possible opt-in kind of situation. Uh, let, let's take an example like accountancy, right? I was talking to our accountant this morning. Most accountants will take the approach that we just talked about. So they'll say, you know, we offer VAT returns and we offer business accountancy. If you need any help, contact us, right? And then what happens when you contact them? Well, when you contact them, there's typically some sort of free consultation. And in this free consultation, they'll be trying to figure out if they can help you and what sort of benefit their service might have for you. So what they can do if they're using a lead generation approach is they can position that free consultation in a way that's more appealing. So they could just say, contact us for a free consultation, that's okay. Or they could say, contact us and we will identify the ways that your business is leaking profit. So they could have this kind of packaged discovery session where they spend some time looking through your numbers and identifying ways that your business is leaking profit. Now, the benefit of that is like you say, really, really low barrier to entry. If I'm a business owner, I really want that. That's just a free thing. I can just stick my contact details in. There's no obligation at all. The benefit for the accountant is once I've shared those numbers and he's had a look in and he's he's then able to identify, he or she is then able to identify other ways that they could help us and they can say, okay, so, you know, was this useful? Was this free session useful? Yes, well, if it was, then maybe this is something that you want to do regularly. So it's low barrier to entry for the lead and it's also much more useful for the business owner as well because they get to start that relationship with the prospect. One thing that you, just, you, you touched on briefly as well, the idea that we're is selling the value of, of that free, you know, consultation. So, so you mentioned that, that we're going to be looking at, you know, ways in which your business is leaking money at the moment kind of thing. So that's something which I've heard you talk about before. We should be selling the, the value of a, of a free consultation, even though that's, you know, something that's free. It's, it's not, you know, a huge kind of moneymaker for you. You should still be selling that thing. Is that something that, that you could elaborate on a bit further? Yeah, definitely. So the goal of any lead generation bait is for example, the free consultation, the bait should be so valuable that people would be willing to pay money for it. Depending on the price point of your business, we say that lead generation bait, the perceived value should be at least £50. If you're selling something which is much higher ticket, then obviously that's going to be much more significant. So focusing on making it as, as important and as valuable as you possibly can is a really good thing. And there's a subtle difference, or there appears to be a subtle difference for the accountant between delivering a free consultation and delivering a hidden profit discovery session, right? For the accountant, it's probably basically the same thing. He's going to be looking and saying, okay, so you're spending too much money on this, you're not spending enough on this, like here are some things which are really profitable, which you might want to focus on. But actually, the value for the, for the lead is just totally different experience. I'm getting something which gives me a clear outcome rather than this woolly free consultation, which I know is just going to be a very thinly disguised sales presentation. So one of the ways that we suggest people think about lead generation bait, and we can talk about this later on, is to think, what's the first step that my prospect needs to take? 
we talk a lot about wedding photographers because everybody understands what a wedding photographer offers. If I'm a wedding photographer, I know that all of my potential leads are going to be brides and grooms, mostly brides, and they're going to be getting married at some point. So what I can do is I can offer them something like a, a wedding planning calendar, for example. So on my website, rather than just saying, if you need wedding photography, stick your details in here, I can say, are you getting married in the next 12, 18 months, six months, whatever? Well, stick your details in here and you can download my wedding planning calendar, which gives you a perfectly timelined approach to planning your wedding. So six months out, you'll be doing things like checking with the venue and booking the entertainment and a year out, you might be booking the wedding photographer. So by doing something like that, the wedding photographer can get on the radar of all of these brides and provide something which is much more valuable than just saying, hey, if you need some photographs, get in contact. Yeah, definitely. So so focusing on the value of your as your lead gen bait is a really strong, really good thing that we should definitely be doing. One thing I did want to ask you, actually. So we mentioned already about brochures, uh, websites that are designed around the idea of being a brochure. As you mentioned, a lot of digital marketing companies will have a brochure on their website. You know, here's a, here's a bunch of different websites. Here's, here's a website builds we've done, that kind of thing. The Exposure Ninja website doesn't really have anything like that. Is that is there a reason behind that? Have you, have you noticed that, that that kind of brochure stuff just doesn't really help at all? Um, or does that detract away from, from lead generation? Or what's the reason behind that? Well, it's, it's a little like the wedding photographer, right? So most wedding photographers think that it's their photos which do the selling. Actually, most brides and grooms, if you talk to them, they have absolutely no idea what a good photographer is. And a lot of people, they have no idea what a good X is. They have no idea how to judge the value of your business at all. A, a bride is not judging the photographer's composition or their use of colour or you know where they position themselves. What the bride is typically looking at, if you watch them while they're looking at a photo, is does the bride look nice? Is she smiling? Does she look fat in that picture? Or what, you know, whatever. It's all this surface stuff instead. So the audience is completely unqualified to make a good decision about you based on your previous work in most businesses. So, so whilst case studies and testimonials and all that sort of stuff is really important and, and we use them, Actually, a much better thing to do is is to start with this relationship, is to start by saying, hey, look, cool, yeah, we've got some sites that we can show you, but first, I want to find out a bit about your business, see what you really need, and then we can show you some examples that are relevant to your business and get the and have got the results that you're looking for. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. That the, the brochure is never going to do the selling for you. All the brochure is going to do is show that you offer a particular service it's still up to you to demonstrate that you're the best option. And often a portfolio of your previous work is just not a good way to do that. <laughs> I, I find it quite interesting there that what you've done is basically said that 99% of wedding photographer websites have got completely the wrong wrong approach then. Pretty much every single wedding photographer website I can think of has, has got the, the brochure element front and center and then maybe some some additional questions and, and that and testimonials hidden behind the scenes. But pretty much everybody's got completely the wrong idea, which is quite interesting. You know, obviously the photos are important. I'm not saying you just want a page of text talking about a, a free wedding planning guide, but you're completely right. You're not married yet, so you you haven't done the, uh, done the hunt. But when I was getting married a couple of years ago, looking through wedding photographer websites, 
you know, you might open 30 different sites. They're all using the same WordPress themes. They all look exactly the same. And this, you know, this is true for any market. We're talking about wedding photographers, but we're talking about everything. Every website is exactly the same. Some of them look good. Some of them look absolutely crap. Some of the photos are the wrong sort of style, but broadly, it's all completely the same. So standing out in that noise with just another wedding photographer site, you know, really, really tough to do. Really tough to do. You've got to be so far above everybody else use it playing the same game as them that you know very very tough to do so yeah i think uh, anytime that you take a look at other people's sites and if you look at the content on the site and say hey do you know what any of that content could apply to me then it's time to try and do something else uh, just just one more question in regards to that uh, lead gen side of things, and then we'll move on a little bit. One thing I've noticed about Exposure Ninja, if we've you know we've we've captured their details and we're and we're following up on that, the follow up process tends to be where that kind of brochure stuff comes in comes into play for our business. So we might send them some examples of websites or some examples of campaigns, advertising campaigns that we've run previously that are kind of similar to their own one. Is that kind of the situation where you would say a brochure is a good idea or is that just good for us or is that going to be good for everyone? Well, it's it's brochure, but it's brochure in a really specific way. So I, 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 don't, I don't want to just talk about Exposure Ninja, but say, say we've got the accountant and say, obviously the accountant's going to have some testimonials on, on their website and they might be kind of broad testimonials about how easy the accountant is to work with and um, how much money they saved in tax or whatever. If the accountant wants to send out a portfolio, wants to send out some more in-depth case studies, it's so much better to talk to the business owner, the, the lead first and say, okay, so you know we're looking to increase the profit margin of your business. You're looking to completely get rid of all your bookkeeping and all of your, your VAT stuff. Here are a few testimonials and case studies of businesses where we've done that. And here's some contact details of people that you can talk to who we've done exactly that for. So rather than just giving them, you know, this pile of stuff for them to sift through, you can give them really targeted stuff that says, okay, you want to increase the ranking of your website. You want to, you know, you want a wedding photographer in a chapel. You want a, you know, vintage style wedding. You know, here are some examples of exactly what you're looking for. So communication first some kind of relationship and then you can give much much more targeted examples which are a much more useful selling tool than just pumping everyone into the same catalog okay fantastic um so i mean that actually kind of ties in quite nicely with the next question i wanted to ask you um so a lot of people at this point you know if they've if they've got this far in the podcast they might well be thinking why would i not just be selling directly through my website so instead of having that lead capture form on the website why don't i just have my phone number and my details there so that they can they can buy the product or they can phone me and, and book an appointment or whatever it might be why would we be looking at to do this this kind of lead gen angle instead of just selling directly directly to them? Well, there are definitely some businesses where selling direct is a good idea. So I'm an emergency locksmith. I'm probably not going to be generating leads to say five reasons that you need an emergency locksmith. If I need an emergency locksmith, I want my phone number front and center on my website. People need to be able to phone me right now. So there are definitely businesses where selling direct is a good idea. But People often think that they need to sell direct when actually there's much, much more profit to be made by taking the what appears to be more slightly convoluted approach using lead generation. So th the reason that we're using lead generation and we can use it in conjunction with selling direct, I'm not saying it's always a bad idea to sell direct. We do get people, for example, that say, hey, I need a website. How much? Let's go. That's fine. So you want to have contact details on your site, but they are a, a very small minority. 
for most sites, they are the very small minority is the only one that is catered to. So for us, it's one in 30, right? Who is ready to go now. Everybody else needs a bit of a relationship. For other businesses, it will be one in 100, one in 200, whatever. So if, if you're like a shop and the only people that you can serve are the people who are ready to buy now, you're leaving so much of your traffic to just wander around off to your competitors or just go and do something else. It's so wasteful. And if you're driving, for example, paid traffic to your site and you're only converting one in 100, one in 200, whatever, then that's like, 99 or 199 clicks that you've paid for which you have no relationship with you have no way of getting back they're completely gone so by adding in lead generation and getting people who are further up the funnel they're just in the information gathering stage or they're potentially warm or they're just looking to do some research by adding them into into your funnel as well and having some automated follow-up through the through the principles that we'll be talking about you're able to completely transform the results that that, that sort of advertising can uh, can have definitely yeah so i mean i mean that's kind of why you know that wedding photographer is the perfect example really isn't it obviously the majority of people when they're when they're googling wedding photographers in my area they're not looking to book one then and there they're doing that google search because you know maybe they've they've just recently got engaged and they know that the wedding's coming up in in a year or a year and a half or or whatever so if you're if you're just catering to people that are looking to book straight away then you're missing out on all those people in that research phase aren't you so yeah definitely and and you know, I'm in a wedding band in my spare time, people booking us like two, three years ahead. So the research phase for something like that is massive. If I know that I'm converting, say, 5% of the visitors to my website into a lead, if I'm getting their name and email address and starting a relationship with them, whereas my competitors are doing 0.5%, I'm happy to outspend them in any ad platform. I'll spend a 10 or a click on AdWords for them because I know that my lead gen is so good, I'm converting so many of them you know, I can outspend everyone. So I can really ramp things up. I can be seen everywhere because I know that I'm going to convert more of those people than anybody else. So yeah, it just, it completely changes the numbers for you. Another specific question. So we've talked about obviously lead generation. What we're talking about is obviously collecting people's contact details. Are there specific details that you would always be looking for? Or, or does this kind of vary from industry to industry? What what information should we be focusing on on getting? It really varies industry to industry and it, it varies on, on what you're selling as well and, and how much of a relationship you have. There are a few kind of basic principles which we always to stick to. So first name and email address is an absolute minimum because then you can send out automated emails greeting them by name, which increases your open rate. And if they email back, you know who you're talking to. So first name and email address is absolute minimum. We tend to ask for first name, last name, website, phone number, you know, loads and loads of stuff because we're offering a lead generation bait, which is really, really valuable. If you're going to ask for phone number, good idea to make that optional. So don't force people to leave a phone number. A lot of people don't want to leave a phone number. They know that someone's going to give them a call. They know that someone's going to hassle them. So also depends all of this depends on how many leads you want if you have a very small sales team or it's just you then you're not going to be able to process as many leads if you've got a really rigorous automated follow-up system which we definitely suggest everyone has then you can collect all the leads that you like and you can just ask for name and email address you know that the automated system is going to do the filtering and going to do that relationship building for you so it really depends you typically want to ask for enough that you can pre-qualify people right so if i'm an accountant and i'm doing this free profit analysis session i need to know enough 
to know that this person I'm going to see is a potential client of mine. So I might be asking for current business turnover. Or I might be asking for target turnover because then that's a that's an indicator of where they want to get to. So I can use that in the sales process, but I can also see if my services are going to be you know, if they're going to be able to afford, because what you don't want to do if you're offering free consultations, you don't want to spend all of your time going out and seeing unqualified prospects. It's a complete waste of everyone's time. So ask enough that you know that that you're you're going to be a good fit. If you've got some automated thing and, and they're getting value through an automated service, then you can ask very little, bare minimum name and email. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, automated follow-up and that kind of stuff a little bit later on in the podcast. Just before we, we do move on to that kind of stuff, if we're using a platform like Facebook advertising or Google AdWords, obviously we're driving traffic to the website and that's paid traffic. And then we've got the option in those platforms to remarket to people. And so remarketing, we're just obviously showing ads to the same people that have already visited our website. What's the difference then between capturing somebody's email address and sending them content via email versus me just me just showing them some some more ads and that kind of thing so in both situations i'm kind of attempting to continue that relationship why should i focus on kind of that lead gen side of things rather than just doing remarketing I mean, definitely get remarketing and retargeting on the go because they're absolutely sick and they're such good value and the leads are amazing. The thing about actually capturing someone's name and email address is the fact that they've committed to you. They've taken a decision to submit their details. So it's actually an active joining of your world rather than Facebook retargeting where they visited your website and then they start seeing your ads. So they haven't chosen to do that. So generally that traffic will be less qualified than someone that's actually taken the action and said, hey, here's my email address, send me some stuff. So definitely do both. But just because of Facebook retargeting and the Google remarketing, just because they're awesome, it doesn't mean that we can leave the, the email stuff behind. I think where this is going to get really interesting is where when we can start messaging people through things like Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp en masse, um, because there's going to be a lot more engagement there. I mean, everybody knows that e the email situation has got completely out of hand. We're all getting so many emails. And we'll talk later about what you should be saying in your emails and all of that sort of stuff. But definitely get emails and, and on the go as well as not instead of the Facebook retargeting and remarketing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of about building a relationship with people, isn't it? So that's kind of a stronger tie to your business than just just remarketing yeah i can say hey loz i got this article which i think you might find interesting on our blog check it out now which is a lot more personal than an ad on facebook which says check out our latest article there's no i'm not addressing you personally i'm not showing up in your private world in your inbox i'm just i'm just kind of showing up on on, on your newsfeed so yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more personal a lot more one-on-one -on -one. Yeah, we're going to take a short ad break now. And then once you get back from the ad, we're going to be looking at, you know, how to decide what your, your lead magnet should be. Interested in learning more about digital marketing, the Exposure Ninja way? Check out the Exposure Ninja blog at ExposureNinja.com forward slash blog to read about the latest strategies directly from the ninjas themselves. See behind the scenes of successful campaigns, learn what's really working out there on the front line and get the most effective strategies, tips and tricks that the Exposure Ninja team are developing as they work on hundreds of websites in different markets around the world. Whether you want to learn more about websites, 
SEO, pay-per-click, social media, Facebook advertising, marketing strategy, or anything else digital marketing, visit ExposureNinja.com forward slash blog and subscribe for updates today. Uh, so we're back after the ad break. We're going to be looking at some specific examples of lead magnets, what to do, what not to do. What makes a good lead magnet? Is there any specific things that, that a good lead magnet always has in common? Okay, so the lead magnet is the bait. It's the thing that we use to attract our leads. So it's the thing that we offer them in exchange for their name and email or, or whatever our contact details we're asking. The commonalities between the most successful lead magnets is just the perceived value. How valuable is this to your potential customer? Offering something which is a very thinly disguised sales pitch is never a particularly good strategy. So much better to think about what does this person need right now? There's a concept um, that Frank Kern uses where he'll, he'll show a line and on one end of the line is where the person is now and then on the other end of the line is their ultimate outcome. Taking your target customer from where they are now to where they're gonna be, where they really want to end up, what are the steps that they need to go through? So take, for example, a dentist. So where someone is now, and let's say that this dentist wants to sell dental implants, right? Because they're high profit margin. I want to have an amazing smile, amazing mouth. And actually my goal beyond that is, you know, healthy, happy, sexy. So, you know, there's a, there's a kind of core driver there. But for the purpose of the exercise, my goal is to have an amazing smile. The first step on, on my goal is to kind of understand which different options are available to me. So I know that I've got a bunch of smashed up teeth, like some of them are yellow, some of them are brown, some of them are black. I need to get this thing sorted. And my ultimate goal is amazing smile. So there are a number of different steps that I'm gonna take on my journey. The first thing I'm gonna do, I might want to see what I look like with a perfect smile, or I might want to understand the different options that are available to me. So what's the difference between implants and you know other cosmetic procedures, which is gonna be the most suitable for me. So the, the step after that will be to start getting some prices together, start narrowing down the list of suppliers I'm interested in using, the step after that is to book the appointment. The step after that is to have the treatment. The step after that is to do the follow-up and my goal is reached. The first few steps on that journey, actually the lead magnet can offer that. So let's say that I'm a dentist wanting to sell implants. My lead bait, my lead magnet might be come in for a free consultation and we'll do you a mock-up of your smile with dental implants so you can see exactly what you'd look like. Now, that's great because that immediately takes me on my journey, right? I know what I'm gonna look like and I'm gonna know the different options that are available to me. So I'm gonna have that ticked off. If we take, for example, dating, right? So if I'm looking for a date, my ultimate goal is to be in a happy relationship. My starting point is I have no confidence with girls. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know how to open a conversation or anything like that. The first step on my journey is just to start a conversation with a girl, right? So. Every kind of goal has a number of points leading up to that goal. So a, a great lead magnet takes people closer to their goals. So so that's an idea from Frank Kern, you said. So if you're interested in that, obviously frankkern.com. You did tell me before the podcast, you had an example of a, of a pretty bad lead magnet, something that you've seen recently in regards to buying the TV cabinet. Do you want to go through that? Yeah, so there's a digital marketing company in London that lots of people have heard of, lots of people have given a lot of money to and, and regretted it. I'm not going to name any names, but their whole thing is to drive AdWords traffic to a, a sales page and offer a lead magnet. 
it's a great principle, but unfortunately, if it's poorly executed, it's, it's not going to work at all. So they were working with a, a TV cabinet company, right? So these guys sell, I think they sell bespoke TV cabinets, something like that. They were driving AdWords traffic to a sales page and the sales page was offering a book and the book was a guide to how to buy a TV cabinet. If I'm looking to buy a TV cabinet, that's of very, very slight interest to me. Yes, I need to know how to buy a TV cabinet, but it's not, you know, that's not interesting enough to me that I'm going to wait for a book to arrive. Yeah, I mean, well, my first thought on on that how to buy a TV cabinet is basically I'm just going to get a sales pitch, aren't I? I'm not really going to get anything useful. I'm just going to get that sales pitch. And that's not what I want at that stage. Exactly. When you see an offer that's how to buy a TV cabinet book, claim this now, you know two things. Number one, it's going to be a sales pitch. And number two, it's going to be really fucking boring. By taking a much more interesting angle, you know, they could go for something like five surprising TV concealing solutions or how do celebrities conceal their TVs or inside the homes of five celebrity home cinemas, something like that. So they could take a similar kind of angle that's going to be attractive to their audience, but there's going to be a bit of curiosity in there as well. There's going to be a bit of interest and and they're much likely to get a better conversion rate from that. And they're much more likely also to actually get people to read the thing that they're sending them in the first place. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's about making sure that that content is of interest to the audience as, as much as possible. Yeah, it's the classic free report. Get this free report, download a free, you know, don't care about the free report. Give me something which is actually useful. Give me something that actually gets me closer to my goals. I don't want to read. I want results. Yeah, free report is something that we tend to see a lot. So, um, yeah, avoid avoid that if possible. We want to be offering something, something free, but something that people are actually going to want. So, yeah. Another important thing when you're deciding what to offer people as a lead magnet is depending on the size of your sale, you might want to make it something that you can deliver automatically. This is particularly important if, for example, you're an e-commerce site and you're selling relatively low end products. I mean, low end as in price wise, I don't necessarily mean quality wise, but if you're selling something that's relatively cheap and you're generating a thousand leads per day, you don't want to have to have one on one consultations with all of them about how to buy, you know, how to buy a phone case or something like that. So in those sort of situations, you've got to identify something which has perceived value, but it's still really easy for you to automate the delivery so that you don't have to get tied up in that stuff. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I've heard that it is specifically like really important that we you follow up almost immediately, even if it is kind of that consultation process, isn't it? So if we want to be having sending out some kind of uh, piece of information straight away, even if we're then not going to actually follow up that lead for like a day or two kind of thing. Yeah, totally. They need to feel that the itch has been scratched. They need to see something immediately. So if they're claiming a free consultation, they immediately get an email that says, hey, thank you. We've received your consultation request. We'll be in touch in a couple of days, whatever. They need to have something that happens immediately. It's the start of a relationship and you are on trial. As soon as they stick in their details, they're judging you, not consciously, but you know, if it takes you five days to follow up, if we had a we had a review on Facebook, we took six months to do someone's review because they got lost in the system. Well, that person now their opinion of us is that we take six months to do anything. So although the review is good enough to, you know, she's happy with it and she loved it in the end, it's, it's not ideal. Thankfully, that hardly ever happens. But you're on trial as soon as they fill in the details. So on your best behavior immediately.
And I would have thought in a way that 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 automated follow up, even if it is, you know, even if it is something automated, people feel like they're a little bit further along that journey, don't they? So as we're talking about Frank Kern's idea, moving along that journey towards a goal, they feel they're sort of one step further, kind of closer to that goal, I suppose. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, back to the wedding photographer, for example, someone says, hey, have you booked that wedding photographer yet? and you grumble and open the laptop and you're like, oh, I'll do it now, I'll do it now. In that moment, you can't complete that goal, right? You cannot book that person right now. So what you're looking to do and what we're looking to do with the lead generation is by allowing me to scratch that itch and take an action, take a definite action, which moves me closer to that goal. I'm no longer looking for someone. As soon as I've filled in that thing to get my free wedding photography consultation or my free wedding planning guide or whatever, I've taken the action, ticked off the list. That's great. I've done what I can for now. So yes, you're completely right. We definitely want to move people along along that line and give them a sense of completion, even if it's only a very small sense of completion, but definitely give them a sense of progress. That's that's a really good idea, actually. That something you just mentioned there. I would imagine, yeah, a lot of people, obviously, if they're searching for something, you know, like a wedding photographer, they might have opened, you know, 10, 15 tabs in in their browser of choice, and they're closing them one at a time, and then as they kind of go through them, if they've put in their details and they've got an email reply from you straight away, then I bet there's a pretty good chance that some of those people are just going to close the rest of the tabs. They're not going to look any further, are they? Yeah, no brainer. And you know if you've got to go and do something else or the baby's crying or the cat's sick or up or whatever and you close all those tabs then the only one of those 15 that you have any sort of relationship with is the one that you submitted the the contact form for or the or the lead gen form for awesome yeah so that's why lead gen's such a great idea definitely so we're going to take another uh, quick ad break and then after we come back from the ad break we're going to be talking a little bit how some of this uh, automated process should actually work so we're going to give some some technical details there as a thank you for checking out the exposure ninja podcast you can claim a free review of your website and digital marketing at exposureninja.com forward slash review your review will include analysis of your competitors and a free personalized strategic plan for you. There's absolutely no catch. If you like your review, you can apply to become an Exposure Ninja client, although there is no obligation to do so. Here is what people are saying about their free reviews on Facebook. My review was excellent and much more detailed than anything I would expect for free. We'll definitely be using Exposure Ninja further. I have just finished watching my free marketing review and I'm really impressed by the time and care taken. My review was sent by video, which was extremely helpful as I could clearly see what I needed to do. I'd highly recommend applying for a free marketing review. A fantastic video review, some terrific advice covering all aspects of our website. The generosity in terms of quality and quantity of advice is tremendous. I applied for this and a number of other reviews from other websites. The review that Laura, one of the ninjas put together for me, was incredibly comprehensive. The other companies gave me a PDF full of graphs and stats that didn't mean anything to me. Laura sent me a video she made talking me through things on my website and gave me detailed advice on how to improve the website. To get your free website and marketing review, head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review now.
Uh, so we're back after the ad break there, and we're going to be talking about uh, how to automate this process. So there's there's quite a few different pieces of software out there, aren't there, that will do this for you. So some of the examples I've got written down here, Mismos, MailChimp, and Aweber. Do you have any sort of recommendations in terms of software to automatically follow up on these leads? It depends how sophisticated you want to be. So on the real kind of the Mismos, MailChimp, Aweber, the they're really good for kind of getting started with this. So you can quickly get a contact form. You can, sorry, quickly get a lead capture form on your website. You can set up an email list and you can set up some automated emails to go out. So starting from absolute basics, if you if you haven't got anything set up, then those are great. You can take it as far as you want. You know, things like Active Campaign and Infusionsoft, which is the one that we use, offer a much, much more detailed level of automation. So you can you can segment people according to which pages they visit on your site. You can segment people according to how active they are, if they respond to your emails, if they open your emails, if they click on different things. So you can take this this kind of the, the processing of the leads as far as you want and you can automate a huge amount of stuff. But just for getting started, MailChimp, Aweber, Mismos are three good ones to check out. Okay, cool. And what about if you are a bit more advanced, if you want to do some some more advanced stuff, any suggestions? Yeah, we use Infusionsoft, which is great. It's really confusing. The fact that you have to have a, a kind of induction process shows you how technical it can be. And it's basically like programming, but we wouldn't be able to run our business w- without it. Active Campaign looks really good. I haven't tried it, but it looks to do all of the stuff that Infusionsoft or most of the stuff that Infusionsoft does, but it's a much more friendly user interface. Um, so that would definitely be one to check out as well. Yeah, so that's some advice in regards to setting up some some automated email replies and that kind of thing. A couple of other specific questions I wanted to just ask you as well. So we talked a, quite a bit about lead generation in terms of like consultation and that sort of thing. What about for e-commerce businesses? So if we've got people that are selling a product through the website and they're going to be shipping that out, can those people be getting involved with lead generation or is this something that doesn't work for them? They definitely can. And, you know, an e-commerce site does not just have to be about making the sale on that first visit. So you'll often see things like get 20% off your first order. So as soon as they land on the site or after they've been on the site for 30 seconds or whatever, up comes a pop-up, says stick in your details here, get 20% off your first order or get a free X with your first order. So that sort of thing is is really good because they realize that once somebody has ordered once, then they're a customer and, and that relationship is built. But the challenge is really getting them to trust your website the first time. So by offering some sort of lead gen bait like 20% off your first order can be a good way to capture their details in case they don't buy straight away and then you can follow up with them. Yeah, you can, you can start a bit more of a relationship. Get free delivery on your first order as well. That that can be uh, that can be pretty good. I know that we've uh, we've talked about the perception behind free delivery and stuff, but uh, free delivery is still a big driver for people, particularly if you charge for delivery usually, then offering free delivery at least on the first order can be a nice way to, to kind of break that barrier. Okay, cool. Um, now that I think about it, I can think of um, an example of an advert that I've seen recently on Facebook, I think it was. So they were offering a free carabiner, um, which is a piece of climbing equipment in case you, you don't know. And basically, they're offering that free where uh, you had to just had to pay the postage and packaging. So I'd imagine for them, I, I assume that their kind of purpose for doing that was was lead generation, like you say, getting me to to buy from a brand that I'd not heard of so that, you know, they can start that relationship, I suppose. Exactly. That's a tripwire. So what they're doing there is 
they want an email list of people who are willing to spend money on climbing equipment. So they've identified that they can offer this product at a loss or a break even because they know the value of each of those customers. So if you're an e-commerce business, that's a really good way to get a, a list of targeted customers is to offer something at free, uh, sorry, at break even or even a slight loss just to get someone registered on your site, get their card details in there, and then you can sell some in future. So yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good angle. Did you, did you buy it? I, I didn't know. I've already got enough carabiners, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be tempted to buy it just to see what their follow-up process is like. I think they probably know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would imagine that's probably quite an advanced strategy, really, isn't it? I, as you said, you need to know the value of your customers quite well before you would want to try a strategy like that, I would, I would assume. So this might not be for the first time people are setting up a new business, maybe. Well, the reality is that they're probably... They've probably inflated the cost of that delivery slightly, so they'll be breaking even on the product and the delivery and the ad from the sale, I would have thought. That's what's called a self-liquidating lead generation offer. So self-liquidating because the results of the of the ad pay for themselves and it pays for the product. So if they can break even on that whole campaign, then they will run that as far as they can until it starts losing too much money. So until their Facebook audience starts getting saturated really, but it doesn't have to be an advanced thing. Any, anybody, any e-commerce business could do that if they've got a, a low end, low barrier to entry tripwire product that they can offer. One other question I wanted to ask you, and what about the frequency of email marketing? So I know for me personally, I can definitely think of a few companies that have emailed me daily about products that it really weren't changing on a daily basis. For me, that seemed that they were sending out these emails far, far too often. It, it didn't really make any sense to me. And then I ended up unsubscribing from that business. Is there any kind of perfect balance in terms of frequency or, or does it vary just depending on industry or what's kind of an idea there? It really, uh, I hate to say it depends, but it, it really does depend. There, there's a kind of bigger principle there. And, and you mentioned that these companies are emailing you daily about their products. So that's the first mistake that they're treating. Now, Now it's like, now I've got you right. Now I've got your email address. I'm gonna, just going to pummel you with ads for my products. The issue is, is rarely purely the, the volume of the emails. The issue is normally how relevant or interesting those emails are. So if, you're, if there's something that you're really interested in, then it's fine to email every day. So if there's like a famous climber or there's some climbing company which is doing some really cool stuff and they're sharing really good tips, actually, you'd probably be happy to hear from them every day. What likely happened was those people who were emailing you every day were sending you stuff which just wasn't relevant. And then you're just like, ah, oh, this is just annoying, right? So it's it's promotional stuff. Every audience is slightly different, obviously. Every day is not going to be right for everyone. You need to find a balance. So have a look at your open rates. All of these email platforms will tell you your open rates. Have a look at your open rates. Have a look at your unsubscribe rates. As long as you're comfortable with each of those, then just keep upping the frequency until you get people squealing stop or those uh, those emails stop paying for themselves. We're, we're, we're training our cats at the moment and it's it's really similar to that. So what, what I'm training them to do is when I click my fingers, they come running in because they know that they're going to get food. Every time you feed them, you click your fingers. If you start clicking your fingers and you don't feed them, they quite quickly learn that the clicking is no longer interesting to them, right? There's no value there. It's exactly the same with email. If every time you get an email from me, it's really interesting and there's actually some value and you find it useful, then you're not going to be averse to me sending you the emails. 
I can send you, if every time I send you an email, it, it, it makes your day, right? You're going to be happy to hear from me every day. If every time I send you an email, you're like, oh, what is this? This is like not relevant to me, or this is boring, or this is basic, or whatever, then quite quickly, you're going to be like, oh, unsubscribe from this. This is just boring. This is not for me. So it's, it's rarely about volume. It's usually about relevance. Yeah, so I mean, that comes back to pretty much one of the first things that we talked about in this podcast today, the the value, there needs to be that value there behind not only your lead gen offer, and then also the, the email follow up that you're doing as well. It's, it's about that value, isn't it? Yeah. And it, just like you're imagining that people have to pay for your lead gen bait, imagine that people are paying £50 a month to subscribe to your emails. What would you send them if they were paying you for your emails? If you look at it through that filter, you won't have any problem with frequency. Okay, cool. And another example that I've got, you know, just from my own experience, a website called scan.co.uk. So they they do computer stuff and they sent me emails weekly. So that seemed a bit more a bit more reasonable. The issue that I found with their emails was that, you know, their their emails were 10 pages long and there's just hundreds of different products in there and they they all have a small discount on them, but none of them are like a big enough discount to really be that valuable to me. Do you think that they had a, a, a sort of bad system there? And maybe they maybe if they were offering some big discounts on on one or two products, they might have got some got me to go back to the website. But for the kind of emails they were sending me, that, that didn't really work. I mean, do you think that was a bad example, or, or do you think that um, they had something to learn? The thing is that they're they're selling PC equipment, right? And um, PC equipment is just there are so many different audiences for PC equipment. So what did you originally buy from them? What did, how did they get you on their list? Uh, they they built my desktop PC for me. Okay, and why did you choose them? Is it a gaming PC? Yeah, yeah, so they, they're pretty good at like matching components so that you get decent spec and overclocking and that kind of thing. Okay, cool, so that's what you like from them. You like that you're a gamer and you like decent components, well-matched, you like mm-hmm. overclocking and that sort of thing. So. I would imagine that the issue that they have is they have not segmented you sufficiently. So they're just sending you a bunch of stuff. Most of those products I'd imagine are not relevant to you. I would imagine that most of the products are either worse than the thing that you've bought or are like just sideways to it. So are not relevant at all or they're you know direct competitors or they're worse. So I think probably the problem there is that they should have tagged you as a fan of gaming PCs and then they can start to offer you things like gaming peripherals, right? So like controllers and different keyboards and uh, mice and headsets and stuff like that. So if they offered you stuff which was actually interesting and was targeted to you, the fact that you are a gamer, you know, anytime that someone's sending out 100 offers, it's clear that they don't know what you like and, and they need to know what you like. So, so you mentioned there the idea of, of tagging customers with certain sort of interests and that kind of thing. Is that something which people can do in, in all of the software that we mentioned, like Mismos and MailChimp, or do they need to get the more advanced stuff to do that? If you were to do that in something like MailChimp, what you'd do is you'd have a bunch of different email lists. So if I'm offering different tripwires, let's say that I'm Scan and I, I'm really, really basic and I'm only using MailChimp then what I would do is I would have different email lists. So I'd have a I'd have a lead generation, a lead magnet that was focused on gamers. So it might be five tips for overclocking or we've tested all of the different components uh, together and we've found that these particular combinations are, are really, really good. Download our guide to see what they are. 
anybody who enters that I'd know was interested in gaming stuff. Let's say that they're selling CAD computers, right? For people who are doing CAD. Well, then I'd have some kind of lead magnet that was around CAD. So I'd be building a separate CAD list. Then when it came time to send out offers, I know that I could send all the CAD people like a stylus offer or tablet offer or something like that. And I could sell, send all the gamers a, a gaming offer if you sell a kind of range of, of products and if you've got different niche target audiences then it's really important that all of your follow-up and all of your lead magnets is targeted at those different audiences okay cool definitely last question just before we before we wrap up one example that in my inbox i'm just going through at the moment amazon they tend to be pretty good with the emails that they send out they seem to know you know what products i'm going to be interested in because they've got quite a lot of information haven't they about you know what things I've purchased or what things I've looked at do you think that kind of doing that kind of thing is something that that is going to be possible for uh, people just starting out or is that going to be beyond them there's kind of an easy way to do that and there's a a more sophisticated way to do that so Amazon is unsurprisingly using the sophisticated way and it's actually using like machine learning and and purchase histories and stuff like that to to recommend products the the easy way to do that is if I've bought something in one particular category for example, I've bought a gaming PC, get me on the gaming PC list and then send me other stuff which which I know sells to gamers. So get me on the list that sends out offers about headsets and mice and keyboards and stuff like that. So the kind of crude way is to put people in a different email list according to the, the product category that they've bought. The more sophisticated way like Amazon is doing, people who bought this also bought, it knows the history of everyone, it knows you know people's buying patterns, it knows what you're likely to buy based on all sorts of data that they're collecting about you. So that might be a little bit too complex for for many starter businesses, but there are still ways to have that effect by segmenting your list. So I think that's pretty much everything that we're going to be discussing in the the lead gen podcast. Is there anything else that you wanted to add just before we wrap up? No, just to get this stuff in place. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect in order to get it out. Even if you just have a contact form on your site and you say to people, stick in your details here and, and we'll send you our guide to whatever, like that's better than nothing. And then you to start out with, you can just email people that guide, you know, when you get those contacts through. So just get something in place and go from there. Don't wait until everything's perfect. Things like Infusionsoft can be ridiculously complicated. So the barrier to entry is massive. Just get something going, anything going it's likely going to be better than your competitors and it'll get you off to a good start. So just have a play and see what happens. Awesome. So yeah, we've been talking about lead generation today. The first kind of point that we made was that we need to have a valuable lead gen offer. We should be, and uh, our website should be focused around generating those leads through the website. The next thing that we mentioned was that we should also have some decent follow-up included in there as well. So we should be sending people out relevant, valuable emails and that kind of thing as well. And then the last thing that we just mentioned there was that we could be looking at things like uh, list segmentation to really nail down what people are going to be interested in. So cool. Um, That's pretty much everything that we've got to talk about in, in regards to lead generation. So thanks very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Last thing we just need to mention is obviously, if you've uh, if you've enjoyed anything that we've been talking about and you want to find out more then please do go over to the website obviously you can claim a free wo- uh, website review as well uh, and then the, the final thing i just mentioned if you have really enjoyed this and you and you want further episodes of the podcast then please do leave a review on itunes it does really help so thanks very much